Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Glasgow Motorway Archive podcast with Stuart Baird and John Hassel. Hi John, how are you? I'm not too bad Stuart, in fact I'm great. How Good, it's great to see you again here for another recording of this wonderful podcast of ours. Yes. And I know this month we're going to be talking about something that, that was quite uh, recent in your life. Quite, <laughs> yes indeed. Um, well, I'll just say it, I'm going to be talking about the North Coast 500 because this is something I done back in the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. As, as soon as I started this, I was like, I need to do a podcast about this. Yeah. And I came charging back down the road and told you this and you'll say, all right, cool your jets, mm-hmm. we'll get it out of there yeah. after we do Concarden. Yeah, so, well, fortunately I, I've done it as well uh, a long, you know, long time ago, but uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, something I remember quite well and it's quite a, a good thing to talk about, so. Yeah, I'm sure people will be interested in it. The thing is, you've got the whole... I mean, you, you, you have done it, or certainly components of it, yeah. before it was called the North Coast 500. Yes. So you were like uh, trendsetting I, for it. You are like the hipster of it, yeah. so to speak. I mean, most people do it for the scenery <laughs> yes. and for the hills and, and for the views. I did it for the civil engineering because I was aware that there were a number of projects had you know had been built up there, mm-hmm. um, you know, road bridges and stuff that, that I wanted to see. So I actually primarily went to see some of the bridges and some of the roads up there mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to get your take on it. No, um, that's, that's a kind of... Uh, the the angle I would expect, and the reasons I would expect you to take to to go on such a sojourn, yeah. Um, my reasons are a little bit different. Um, of course that that's a benefit to see these things, but mm-hmm. it was because of the the whole pandemic and staycations. Yeah. You've got to have something to do that's within this country. And in fairness, while it's not exactly on our doorstep, it's in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good, John. Before we we move on to that, I just wanted to say thanks to a couple of people who got in touch after the Kincardine Bridge eighty fifth. Uh, podcast which went down very well uh, incidentally seems to be quite well received i'm glad people enjoyed it and the, and the new web page that we put up as well is doing quite well uh, particular thanks to james perry who got in touch about the castle carey swing bridge mm-hmm. that we mentioned uh, james actually had a photo of it before it was removed uh, it turns out the old a80 used to cross the canal at castle carey at that location uh-huh. and there was a swing bridge there uh, that was removed when the canal was reopened in the early 2000s around about 2000 okay uh, so he sent us a photograph as well from his, his personal collection so james thank you very much for that really appreciated that and thanks as well to a couple other people who got in touch not just about the swing bridges but also about the bridge itself and, and the opening and the memories of it so thank you we really appreciate that anyway john history of the north coast 500 yes okay well i'll, I'll start by saying that the north coast 500 is actually well it's named 500 because it's close to 500 miles but it's actually 560 miles all right that go okay. round the mm-hmm. north uh the, the whole kind of north coast of scotland uh so that's kind of going around inverness all the way to john o'groats right around the top of cape ness through to sutherland and down via Ullapool and all these other places and back round. um i think saying north coast 500 is a little bit more catchy than north coast 516 yeah so um <laughs> while these roads have always well I'll say they've always been there but they've been there obviously quite a while the North Coast 500 as a thing didn't actually come into um, into being until March kind of 2015. Right, okay, so that label is quite a recent thing. It then. is, it is. And you can certainly tell by the brown signs that go along the route directly, they're all quite new. Right. So you, when you were going around this, it wasn't called North Coast 500. No. So this, this came about, like I said, in 2015 by the Tourism Project Board of the North Highland Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically their attempt to kind of join all the tourism aspects of of, of this route together yeah. into something. Mm-hmm. And um, since certainly what people have told me and what I've seen is this route has become a lot busier mm-hmm. since they've um, 
since they've done this. Okay, it's basically started advertising yeah, it much more widely. I mean, there's books on it. Yeah. That's that's what led me down this path. Is I ended up getting a book uh, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Someone um, last Christmas, and it was like, oh, this is fantastic. Had the maps, all the things to see. Now, like you, Stuart, I've been up before. I've been to John O'Groats. I've been all the way through to. Their nests and all these places and uh, Ullapool and stuff, but never as a as a continuous route. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it as, as a challenge and stuff. Also, quite recently on Amazon, the the Grand Tour, they done the parts of like the North Coast oh, 500 and stuff like that. Yeah. So everybody knows about it. Everybody's talking about it, kind of thing like that. And like I said, with the staycation, yeah, it's a perfect well, thing on the to do. I was in a service area on the M6 in Staffordshire, and mm-hmm. there was a leaflet advertising it. And you know, you get the stands with all the leaflets, all the various touristy oh, things oh yeah yeah you always and see them in services yeah. and yeah. there was a, there was a, a North Coast 500 leaflet in one of those stands so yeah, yeah it's being advertised widely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's um, I know we're a roads podcast okay this might take on a bit of a tourism slant as well because <laughs> some people listening here they've either done the North Coast 500 yeah um, or they're thinking about doing it and I'll give you my experience yeah, I'll yeah. give you some tidbits along the way of, mm-hmm. of certain things about the roads and, yeah. and stuff like that hopefully you know if you're planning it people might find this helpful mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so feel free to chip in with anything um but I'll, I'll i'll explain how we went about this so we actually went as a group and um we decided because it does require quite a bit of planning um from the book that i've read and the, the, all the miles that you've got to do is this isn't something you do just on a weekend you know, you you could do it and squeeze it in maybe kind of over two or three days if you're purely just driving around mm-hmm. it. But there are so many cool things to see yeah. um, that we decided to do it longer. So that's the first thing you want to do. I mean, we, we were seven days yeah. or something like yeah. that, is decide what you're going to do. Are you in it for the driving? Maybe like yourself, Stuart, mm-hmm. you want to go and just drive on the roads and stuff like that. We're not really car enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. No, no, we don't do the cars. We're more interested but in the But there are loads of people who are car enthusiasts yeah. that are really enticed by the North Coast 500 because mm-hmm. of some of the roads and the, the, the technicality of the roads yeah. ride an excellent drive along with the views. Mm-hmm. So if you're a car kind of guy and you just want to want to go along and enjoy it, then you can look at potentially the shorter one. You're looking at, I would say, about three days. Right. Okay. If you're a bit of a culture vulture like myself, you want to see all the castles, mm-hmm. you want to see museums, you want to take little detours here and there and stuff like that. Honestly, give yourself the week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and okay. just take your time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, there is a real mix of people that I came across on the North Coast 500. There's a lot of camper vans and caravans that you get, but there are plenty of people in cars that are a lot faster and more expensive than mine bombing along yeah. uh, doing their thing so you just have to be conscious of that as well as tourists when I was there when I did it um, there were a lot of Dutch and German tourists Okay, uh, I imagine this year may have been slightly different it was the... I mean I went uh, I avoided the English school holidays uh-huh. and I avoided any Scottish half term break school holidays anything like that because I didn't want to get stuck behind things all the time yeah, I know yeah. a lot of it is single track yeah and it can be particularly difficult, you know, with passing places all the time in queues. I mean, I've heard horror stories of people getting, you know, having to reverse for almost like half a kilometre in some sections where the, the passing places are quite far apart to, yeah. to let things go by. So, no, I chose the first week in October to do it. This brings me on to the other thing with the North Coast 500 is the weather. My weather experience was hit and miss. Okay. Um, and the weather can, in a way, make or break it. Because it's all about views yeah. and stuff like that. Now, being in Scotland and the north, north, 
the very north part of Scotland, you can understand, so you're, you're a kind of weather guy, that it only comes with the territory. Yes. You know? Um, like I said, a bit hit and miss. So you might want to look at doing this in the spring, mm-hmm. um, if you can get a good week in, in April or May or something like that, or kind of weeks in autumn, uh, in, the, in the kind of later autumn, you can do things. But um, I, I just would recommend... The, avoiding it when it's busy yeah because from what i hear and read it gets um really busy on a lot of roads where there are no dual carriageways mm-hmm. and easy ways to get past it could become quite slow. well this, this is the problem of course and this is a common feature hmm. uh, in scotland isn't it uh, tourist related things in particular we advertise these things and, and they're used in films and tv programs and the likes that's right and all the these people come to see it, which is great, but we don't provide the necessary facilities uh, for people to enjoy it, you know. Yes. So I'll talk a bit about that as I go through the route. So I'm going to describe the way way I go around mm-hmm. the route and yep. what, what some of the things I've seen, some of the roads I used, and where you said, Stuart, um, so many people are using these things. Mm-hmm. There, are, there is some evidence of improvements, mostly maintenance, yeah. uh, in areas uh, that are along the North Coast 500. So, yes. We started in Inverness, and if you imagine the North Coast 500, uh, obviously it is a circuit, we went anti-clockwise. So we took the uh, Inverness going up the A9, Mm -hmm. that way, and and went up the A9, A99, all the way to John O'Groats. So you used the three bridges then, the three firths, the Kessock, the Cromarty, and the Dornoch. Yes, I did. And they are fantastic. Although, technically speaking, the North Coast 500 has you dodging some of these. Okay. um, Because if you want to stick truly to the route, you Mm. end up going via Bewley. All right, okay. And going over that So through the old road then? Through the old road beforehand Mm. and and going around these sections in there. Yeah. I actually finished that bit on the way back. But no, the the North Coast 500 on the way up, I I did actually take the first. Yeah, yeah. done it. No, just for anyone being pedantic here, I did cover every square inch of asphalt that is on the North Coast 500. I made sure I tied tied up the end when I was done. Mm-hmm. Now, I spent quite a few days in Dornoch, mm-hmm. um, staying there. And uh, kind of a, like one of these static kind of caravan things. Yep. Uh, because it was quite a few of us, myself and, and my girlfriend and her family. Mm-hmm. So we took the three cars... The best way we want to do this, because we all wanted to do different things yeah, yeah. Um, as we've done things. And see around Dornoch, there's loads to do. Mm-hmm. Dornoch itself is, is very, very nice. Yep. You've also got Tain down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, there's loads of things. There's obviously, it's not too far from Inverness. Um, you're maybe about 45 minutes, 50 minutes or whatever like yeah. that from Inverness. And the Black Isle as well. Yeah. So I just filled my days there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with going to see things. And there was Dunrobin Castle, which yep. I think you absolutely have to go and see. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a castle sort of guy, yep. it's fantastic. Okay. Um, I don't know, it feels like I'm being paid here by the National yeah, Trust. Yeah, I, I mean, how, how did you find the A9? Did yeah. you get to use a new Berrydale Braze section? Yes, so I'm, I'm thinking of the legs of my journey yeah. as I was going up here. So, Berrydale Braze was open and complete as mm-hmm. I went through. Now, if anybody is wondering what that is, it was a notorious kind of hairpin section yeah. of the A9. Duncan's not going to be happy I'm talking about his road here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's worth mentioning that. So, that actually was a scheme very recently. It was a £9.6 million yep. uh, pounds, pounds <laughs> scheme they done there to not remove... Well, they removed the kind of... Uh, the sharpness or the acute angles of yeah. the hairpins and they also widen the road slightly but it is it's still much more gradual incline now, it's still yeah. i would say this is it's impressive yeah um for, for what it is and I, designed by our good friends at ecom it was well. indeed yeah. mm-hmm. it was indeed and it opened last year mm-hmm. i believe it was opened in august yeah uh, the contractor was um it was dingwall based rj mcleod yeah 
Mm-hmm. You've done that. A good scheme. scheme. From what so you... very, very recent. Um, I got got to see the Berrydale Braves as I went up. Now, talking a bit about the A9, um, up there, my experience is C between Inverness and Tain. The road's very good. Yeah. Um, it's still quite a bit of traffic on it uh, that I found. But as you start to go north of that, but with the exception of Berrydale Braves, the quality of it drops ever so slightly mm-hmm. uh, in areas. But it wasn't too bad. I've even seen some resurfacing works and things going on around there near, uh, I can't remember where it was, near Helmsdale Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that brings me off to some other towns as you go further up. Helmsdale, lovely place to go and see. So I'll I'll come back to another pitfall of the North Coast 500 and you need to be very, very um, aware of this if you're planning your days out with an itinerary of things you want to see. Things are closed on really random days up there. (laughs) The okay. Highland way of life is 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 uh, is a different pace to us in here in the Central Belt, where we're quite <laughs> used to everything's open. Of course, it's open seven days a week, and yeah. it's open from nine in the morning right the way through to seven at night. Yeah, no, they're not like that. <laughs> and it's not the fact that things are closed on the weekends. Things are open on the weekends, but they may be shut. They shut on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, or they they're not yeah. open on a Friday and a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these kind of things. Um, so be very very aware of that if you're wanting to visit anything. Even if Google tells you it's open, ring the place and ask. You know, um, because I was disappointed a couple of times uh, going to places. Oh, Google says it's open, but it's not. You know, uh, particularly this is the, the leg between Inverness and John O'Groats is where you have the highest concentration of these types of things that you mm-hmm. want to go and see. Right. Because it's it's got more people mm-hmm. than the more remote sections. So that's just a little warning I'd have. Okay. So speaking about the A9 and the roads... You only go on the A9 to a certain point mm-hmm. because the A9 becomes, well, you, you can stay on the A9 and go direct up to Thurso. Yep. So, or you can go on to the A99, which is the road that hugs the coast and goes all the way up you know, via Wick and all these places to get up to John O'Groats. Yeah. And that's a trunk road. The A9, uh, obviously going all the way to Thurso, mm-hmm. is trunk. It actually, it actually what was it Duncan said? It stops in Scrabster, which is I, just I north I think of the Thurso. A99 is a trunk road as well. Yeah, you think so? Oh, think you'll have to check your lists. On part that. of the uh, northeast Scotland unit, I believe. Uh, not northwest, sorry, northwest. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, <laughs> mixed up there. Uh, on those ones. There. No, I found when I came on to the A ninety nine. Um, because that used to be named A nine, and yeah. it was until nineteen ninety six they changed it. Yeah. And they put the road through. But the quality dropped quite a bit when it went off A9 and became A99 mm-hmm. uh, up this section. Some some stunning views you have over the water, to be honest with you. But I always knew when I was driving up going this way that the best views were still to come. Yeah. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know what your opinion is of, of the kind of Caithness area, Stuart, and, and when you went up to John O'Groats, what did you think of that? Well, you know what? I'm going to be honest. When I got to John O'Groats, it was one of the biggest disappointments of the entire trip. 100% agree with you. And it was, you know what? It was a bit of a dump, actually, at it that is. point, because the hotel was, at that point, that was 2009, the old hotel that was there was derelict, mm-hmm. and it was rotten away, and it was very untidy. The streets were not particularly impressive. The services were poor. The services were poor. We felt we couldn't even get a coffee. And then, then I the found out that the sign that you see in all the photographs that points in all the various directions with all the miles and things on it, you had to pay to get near it to get a photograph. I assumed that I had been provided by the local authority as a, as a feature, but no, it was being run for commercial gain. So uh, Well, I, I'm <laughs> glad to tell you, Stuart, that that is no longer the case. Right, I good. managed to go up and get a picture there. Um, 
I remember this day because the weather started to turn, mm-hmm. um, which was which was annoying, yeah. to be honest with you. But I managed to go up there. The only thing I, I think, it, it had all these gift shops there, which you can expect uh, with these things, with the usual gift shop tourist trap prices. But John O'Groat's nothing special. I'd go there to take it off, go to the toilet, which you need to pay for, and then be on your way. Because if you're going this way around the North Coast 500, going up to John O'Groat's first and then going across, yeah. the best is yet to come. Yeah, see, so you, you did it in the... In the right direction. I, I did the opposite. I did the clockwise so, direction. Yes, yeah, so you went like Inverness towards Ullapool. So I got all then, the good stuff first and then all the draws at the end. <laughs> well, I always knew that this this first leg, because like I said, when, when we planned this, just to go back to the planning of it, we went seven days. I made up an Excel spreadsheet itinerary of what I wanted to do on all particular days, how long they take and stuff like that. I know it sounds like it's sucking the fun out of, of yeah. or an otherwise... Uh, um, a leisurely excursion but you really need to be organised for the North Coast 500 yeah. if you plan on visiting things along the way there is another cool thing that people should definitely visit when they're going up towards like John O'Groats and these places and that would be the Castle Sinclair at Grinagro alright this this is one of the, the most impressive ruins I've seen that's right up against the coast mm-hmm. and it's only like a short kind of 15 minute walk from the car park right. against the coast, and that's just north of Wick Right. Really, really impressive. I'd recommend. So even if you're not a castle person, there's something quite magical about that, yeah. to be honest. So, no, that's it. So we, we travelled, um, like I said, spent a few days in, in Dornoch, and then um, my, my girlfriend's brother and his wife, they, they decided to travel back down on that day. They were only up for a couple of days. Um, and then the rest of us continued nor- northwards and, and stayed in Thurso. Mm-hmm. I didn't spend much time in Thurso. Uh, we just slept there, and then then it was the the time to start moving west. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, along the route, which our, our next kind of stops was like Smoo Cave and these things. Yeah. Did you pass Dunri? No, nope, I did not. Unfortunately, no. and quite tragically, there was a very serious accident oh. coming up to that, um, which we we were at a point still where we were close enough to kind of civilization that there was a diversion we could go because I remember coming that way in blue lights and everything in there and people mm-hmm. come and saying there's there's been an accident right. it looks bad you need you need to go back so unfortunately i didn't get to see dune ray right you know mm-hmm. so um no i i continued on now now this this section of the road here is still um two lanes yeah and directions. what number is this road this road here is the a836 right okay so this is the road you start to take when you when you go across, oh, I forgot to say, there's so many things that happened, you know, on this is I actually went to the truly most north point yeah. in this area called Dunnet Head. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? No, I didn't because the day that I was at John O'Groats, the weather was absolutely miserable, mm, no. and and I was just keen to get away. <laughs> well, we the the weather was turning. But yeah. there was still visibility. Now, we went to Dunnet Head, which is the true no- most northerly point. And it's free. There's a lovely little road that takes you up there. And this is between John O'Groats and Thurso. Yeah. And that is the true most northerly point. Mm-hmm. And that place is like another planet. The whole place is a bird sanctuary. Yeah. But see, when you get there, they have a lighthouse. And you can actually see Orkney and stuff like right. that. So if you really, truly want to go to the most northern point, mm-hmm. go to Dunnet Head. Yeah. There you go. John O'Groats doesn't count. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just going back to where I was, as you start to head head west um, on the A836, mm-hmm. you know the destination. What we were doing this day was going from Thurso all the way to Ullapool. Right, that's a good three or four hour drive. Yeah, and plus we wanted to stop in. Um, you go through kind of like these places called Tongue. Mm-hmm. You know these kind of funny names yep. that some of these places have, and you end up going to um, 
Durness, which is where Smooth Cave is. Yeah. So when you when you're sending along here, the views start to get better and better and better. I was found kind of with the the area around Thursday, it's reasonably kind of flat, nondescript. Mm-hmm. But as you you start to head over, you can see some fantastic scenery on mm-hmm. your left, and you've got the the coast on the right. So single track becomes single track. Mm-hmm. Still pretty busy with things. So this is a slow drive. Really recommend Smooth Cave. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Have you seen I, it? I've I visited Smooth Cave. Oh, you where, have? I didn't think you did. No, no. Oh, when right. I was up there, I visited Smooth Cave. It was a, a, a lovely day. Yep. It was very sunny. There was a, My main memory of that is sitting in the car park after being in the cave and this, this bus pulled in this coach and there must have been about 60 German tourists on it and they all chipped in and within 15 minutes, this entire lunch setup had been prepared on all these tables. There was like this whole buffet lunch had been prepared. And they were all in a line in a queue. All That's queue not a massive us. car park either. <laughs> yep. And they, were, they, all, they all lunched away and then, then packed it all away and then went into the cave. So that Fantastic. was my main memory of that. And I also, I, I, anybody who's ever asked me about that trip, I've always said that the biggest mistake I made was when coming out of Smooth Cave, I turned left rather than turning right and heading back down into... Oh, so you were going <laughs> the other way. Because I was going the other way. So I had uh, I, I had seen all the good stuff at the start. Yeah. Um, and was left with a rather disappointing finish. So yeah, I know. So from a scenery perspective, yeah. yeah. This is where the North Coast 500 gets absolutely spellbinding yeah. in its views. So one, once out of, of, of that area, you start to then head south towards Ullapool and you get into Ascent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know we, we like a hill walking? Yeah, don't we? Yeah. Well, we did until I got old and fat. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at some of these that. hills in there, and we're looking at like Sullivan and these ones. You can see that that is really prominent. Mm-hmm. And what the great thing is that, that there's distance between the hills and the peaks that you see, so it's it's just absolutely brilliant. You can get this lovely kind of take on. I mean, I know you've seen it. But yeah. for anyone there, Stunning. this is where the best views are. Yeah. As you head towards like Ullapool and down towards like Elfin, mm-hmm. which is where you actually, you know, turn off the road and Carl Skew and these kind of places. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. The road here is still single track, but as you get towards Carl Skew, this was all, um, this goes back to two lane. Yeah. Now, my father told me he was up there when they were improving the road mm-hmm. way back in the 60s. Yeah you know Um, and of course we get to Karlskew Bridge now I have never experienced Karlskew Bridge consciously I might have been taken over it when I was very very young but at that stage I hadn't met you and had this fantastic appreciation for these things but that bridge is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen and another another thing is it's much bigger than I thought it was I thought it was this little thing it's massive. No, it's it's, it's big. The, any photo of it doesn't do it justice. It has to be seen in the flesh, and it's it's amazing. It's but it's got it's got its own viewpoint. It does. There's yeah. a lovely car park there. You mm-hmm. can stop and have a look at it. Yeah. Um. So just a little bit on Karski Bridge. Mm-hmm. You have visited it. Um, this bridge here, I have some information. It was. Well, they started construction in 1982, and that was to replace an old ferry. Yeah. But my father had told me that this was obviously when he was there in the 60s. This was a notorious, kind of slow yeah. and um, small ferry that could only take a few vehicles. Yeah. So you were held up there. So mm-hmm. this bridge was needed yeah. to go across. It finally opened in July 1984. It cost four million, and it was designed by Ovi Arup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Some million ones in there. It's a nice one. I, I, I do have a couple of photos of it that I took when I was up there. Mm. I had uh, had read a bit about Kyle Skew uh, 
in advance of my trip, which was one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to see it. But yeah, I agree, it's, it's stunning. It's in a fantastic location mm-hmm. and, and well worth a visit. It is. Listed, yeah. listed category, eh? Yeah, so is that about an hour north of Liverpool? Am I right? Yeah, you're about yeah. an hour north of mm-hmm. Liverpool, I'd yeah. say, from there. Maybe, uh, and an still on the A36. Yeah, yeah, it's still on that road. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's um, I'd say, maybe an hour and a half from Durness. So it's kind of a lovely point to stop mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of get a little bit of a break and take in the bridge and stuff like that. What did you think of the section of road just around Durness where you have to go all the way around the lock? <laughs> so this is back, back north and yeah. round. It was it was nice uh, view wise. Quite frustrating though when you can see the road where you're coming back to on the other side and you're thinking I've got a thirty mile <laughs> drive or something to get there. You know. Well, this is it because you you are going back and forward all the time through mm-hmm. all these peninsulas. Yeah. But that is the North Coast Five Hundred. Yeah. Don't look at it as as oh I'm trying to be the most efficient round <laughs> here. If you know unless you're driving an electric car or something like yeah. that, you know. Oh, you can't do the North Coast Five Hundred in an electric well, car. Well, people surely. people have done it. I think yeah. you're going to need to tow a generator along with you. But um, <laughs> diesel powered. Diesel powered generator. Generator with you, so um, but but anyway, so the no, Kaski was brilliant. You've mentioned about um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I did think that we're going all the way out there to yeah. go all the way back in again. Now, talking about vehicles, talk about some of the vehicles we used for this. Um, I've got a, a saloon, uh, a diesel saloon, yeah, and uh, while that's a comfortable car to drive with these things, it's not particularly fast or anything like that. Um, it, it done okay to mm-hmm. be honest with you, it gets kind of the only th- reason why you might struggle in in fuel, there are places to fill up with these things, is but a small petrol engine car with a small tank might be a little bit tricky. You need to make sure that you've got enough fuel to get yeah. around. Although you probably, if you if you do enjoy your driving, something that's like a small hatchback might be ideal because you can. They're, they're nice and easy to drive in the corners. One of the other vehicles we had was was a small engine petrol SUV mm-hmm. um, that really, really, really struggled. Really, uh, to okay. be honest with you, because it's such a small engine, SUV's heavy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to slag off the particular car manufacturer <laughs> here, to be honest with you, but it struggled on the hills. Where whereas my my Passat was pulling pulling fine. Yeah. On this, to no be issue. honest with you. Yeah. So no, get <clears throat> get something that's up for the challenge, but not massive. I did it in a. What, did, what was I driving at the time? It would have been. It would have been up. Vauxhall Corsa, a 1.4 petrol. Oh, right. uh, Vauxhall Corsa. I never knew you had a Corsa. Yeah, I had it very briefly because it was the worst car I ever had. Uh, but uh, right. that's what I did it in. And it, I think it handled it okay. You had a yeah. few clown cars when I met you. Yeah. Remember, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's fair enough. But, you know, with the car you got, but if, if you if you got the money and you want to do something quite cool, you can rent cars. Yeah. Um, there were quite cool cars to go around and do it. Now, as for electric vehicles and stuff like that, if, you, if you've got a hybrid you're okay or a plug-in hybrid's fine but a full ev i'm going to be honest with you i didn't see um electric car charging ports out in the middle of nowhere i did see them at thurzo i did see them at Mm ullapool and places like that but i didn't really see them in between yeah so if you do this you might have to be on a high option tesla yeah yeah i I would quite like to do it in a lotus or something like that that would be brilliant 70s 80s vintage lotus that would be quite enjoyable that would be good yeah if anybody out there listening has one and would like to lend it to (laughs) us the one from (laughs) the spy who loved me yeah Yeah, you usually get across the locks in that yeah um so any anyway so back to the route through carskew and then down to ellipot again the scenery was fantastic here um but the, the there was another problem we came across needing to go to the toilet that's tricky you've got to you've got to you've got to go should i be dehydrated but not need to pee because <laughs> you're getting old now 
and these yeah, things yeah, I do. <laughs> like I have, to, I have to. Yeah, I always find myself having to wake up early in the morning. I have to go to the loo, kind of thing. But I did find it a bit of a problem. You yeah, know what I mean? This is a common Scottish problem, and and you and I discussed this. I went to Wales yes. in July, North Wales, West Wales, South Wales, and the number of facilities was phenomenal. Yes, public toilets, private toilets, every other mile on the road you could stop. And ha- no, it's and not high like in Scotland. That. You do not have that option. No, we are way behind. In some of the time, ta- like like for example, they had free public toilets at Smooth Cave. Yeah, which was great. Yeah, didn't have them at Carlskew. And that would be you to Lollapool, basically. Yeah. After that. Oh yeah. yeah, you can you can go to the toilet anywhere. Yeah. Between it's, between it's those two, good. unless you want to walk half a mile in the heather so people don't see you or something like that. But no, I, I appreciate the people that you want to use a, a proper toilet. Because back to this problem that's been getting discussed a, a lot recently about um, bottles of yellow liquid at the side of British oh, roads. Oh, lorry driver lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it comes back to the same thing, doesn't it? A complete lack of suitable facilities. facilities for people. So we're encouraging these thousands of people to come and visit the North Coast 500 every year. But, oh, mm. but you don't need to use a toilet as well, do you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. Yeah. So we, you just have to be careful, you know, don't you know, drink too much. So come on, Highland Council. It'd be good to have somewhat. I think Carskew would be an ideal place to maybe put some, yeah. some facilities and toilets and mm-hmm. sign these as well. Yeah. So you can put toilets in so many miles. Uh, or even in some of the bigger villages mm-hmm. on the route that encourage people in there. There's probably facilities in there, you know, in terms of that might be shops or pubs or restaurants or cafes or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, put the facilities there, sign people in, drive up some trade there as well, you know. No, yeah. uh, absolutely, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, and go, and go around these, these You know, places. John Cullen always said, been a while since we mentioned john john always said that public toilets and facilities were in his view uh, a great symbol of a civilized society <laughs> you would know say that that no he's, he's right he's absolutely right and that is something we've lost in the last 20 30 years in particular okay no it it is but they cost money i've been to a lot of places and they did some of them are okay it's like they ask you to donate and i do mm-hmm. uh, because i know somebody has to pay for these things oh, or, yeah, I mean, or, mo- or they're a pay gate you know yeah so most of the ones in wales that i used had a small charge of like 20 pence you yeah. didn't have you didn't need coins because they had the contactless yes reader. they had these in ullapool yeah but the, the contactless didn't work oh. and um people were just like well you know getting through by standing close to the person in front of them yeah. which wasn't ideal yeah you know, but the stupid contactless thing didn't work. So yeah, now these dear, things dear. need checked. Yeah. So um, there is a rather interesting road that is part of the North Coast 500, mm-hmm. which is just south of Carlskew. So this is where you take a deliberate detour between Carlskew and Ullapool. Right. Um, according to the book, this, this, this is the B869. And this goes out onto like a kind of a peninsula area. And it goes past like Drumbeg and quite um, humorously a place called Ned mm-hmm. as well. Uh, <laughs> and, and Loch Inver. And goes down this, and then goes back down towards the the main road, yeah. which takes you to to Ullapool. This is known as the Mad Wee Road, yeah. and this is challenging. It's got a lot of switchbacks on it, so you're going up over some. Sometimes you're going over summits you can't even see in front of you. You've got mm. to go very, very, very slow, okay. passing places are far, far apart. Yeah. It even says not suitable for motorhomes on it. Right. A question I was going to ask you: sure. did, did you go to Cape Wrath? No, I no, didn't. Because I think, did you, I. I think you need yeah. a boat to get to that. Because although it's part of the mainland, the road on the other side is I think you need to get a ferry across and right. then you need to walk right, to get okay. to it. So Yeah, I no. didn't either, but I just thought we'd check now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. But anyway, no, I, I um, survived what's called as the, the Mad, Mad Wee Road. Road. Mad okay. Wee Road, which is that B road that goes out towards uh, Drumbeg and mm-hmm. these kind of places. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? I've seen along there, nowhere to pee. <laughs> uh, or, or use the facilities, or it'd be coarse, but yeah. they're, um, 
it was that was more like the views were still pretty good it, the weather was pretty appalling mm. um, that's more of a you really want to test your driving skills and your patience yeah i would say mm-hmm. but anyway we we got out of that went down to ullapool and we we stayed in ullapool mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now i've been to ullapool many many times uh before but when i when i was there i i seem to notice despite the timing of the year that we were there ullapool was incredibly busy right and um, a lot of the, the the restaurants, the seafood restaurants, only had very basic menus, okay. and uh, couldn't can accommodate us. So I ended up having to get a pub, go for a pub meal, which was essentially kind of reheated food. So I was a little bit disappointed <laughs> when I went to these places, and I I think it's perhaps uh, the fact that we went outside of season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with these things, and they have their own supply issues and stuff like that. But not everybody really, really, really friendly. But the weather was just appalling by this point right so i was at this point in the trip we were all the good weather was behind us i was lucky that you know we had parts especially when we were going through ascent where it was nice and clear mm-hmm. and nice. so the next morning i wake up and uh there was a particular thing that i wanted to do so this now you, you go down further towards gerloch yes yeah. um gerloch has a fan and what well, pull you and these yeah. places so mm-hmm. pull you gardens which i've heard is very very good mm-hmm. if you're into that sort of stuff there's gerloch's also got this wonderful museum um that you do have to pay to go in but it's actually an old um, 1950s nuclear bunker yeah um it was actually used as a roads depot right you know okay <laughs> how on brand for yeah. me uh in there um <laughs> Gale, it's absolutely beautiful scenery around there mm-hmm. But the, the, the final most most kind of um, the, the big ticket thing I wanted to see was the Applecross Peninsula. Yeah. So w- when you go further down beyond, beyond Gerloch, you, you then have to kind of divert again out to the Applecross Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, again, kind of single track and quite slow mm-hmm. in places. But we, we didn't notice many people about at this point. Uh, maybe the weather had put people off that, mm-hmm. that particular day. Uh, when we were, were out in that section... Once you get to Apple Cross, there are some toilets. Yeah, you can stop there. But this is the road that that loads of people speak about. It has become very famous because of the Grand Tour episode. Mm-hmm. And this is the Bielach Nabar. I yep. might be pronouncing that <laughs> wrong, but it basically is kind of. Well, Gaelic. I know what your Gaelic pronunciation. Yeah, it's, like. it means pass of the cattle. Okay, and it goes a very high single track road that goes over a mountain pass okay. that gets yep. you out of the Apple Cross Peninsula mm-hmm. and back down. Um, really towards the kind of the end of our route, um, going back towards uh, Inverness on there. So this road is almost like um, if you could imagine a, an Alps type road, you know, mm-hmm. an Alpen type road yeah. where you've got yeah. these downhill kind of hairpins and things like that. It is very very technical, but I wouldn't say it was the most difficult thing. I think that the 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 road that we done that mad wee road was was worse. However, the views on this road. I can imagine are very good. Now, when I say can imagine, because it was absolutely uh, smashing it down when we were doing it, <laughs> and we were in the cloud, and we didn't really see too much. Okay. But I was quite lucky because of the weather being bad, no one was coming really the other way. I think I only <laughs> encountered a couple of cars on it. Um, and there's these these really um, massive signs at the start of this this mountain pass road that warn you, you know, not for learner drivers, this road is impassable in winter, yeah. which always kind of instills in me this, this great <laughs> foreboding about this thing, as I imagine this gritter just trying to go up it and going, no, yeah, you know. Um, and there's a lovely um, area that, sorry, I imagine would be quite lovely on a nice day as a viewpoint, right at the top of, of the Belchnabar Road. So you, you can take, people have told me, and I've certainly seen 
pictures from up there and it's absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant yeah so that's the road that they they were on in the grand tour when i seen it and i was like i have to do that and i've done it and i've braved it you, you do have to take these roads quite slow um when you're doing things although i'm quite used to growing up around some country roads it wasn't like a uh any anything very very difficult it's just be you know be in the right gear and take it slowly and, and don't bomb along it regardless of what vehicle you're in yeah exactly which you know looking at these things some some people can do but no it was fine so when, when we got down from um Applecross, you go, you go back towards like Loch Caron and these places and then really it's just a, a road straight back to Inverness and can I tell you this see you when you get back onto a traffic where you don't have passing places and stuff like that it's wonderful yeah after after so much constant you know uh concentration and having to pull in all the time and stuff like that but you you get back on the it's the a890 yeah and that takes you all the way back and you end up joining the 835 up at uh not not too far from like contin and these kind of places like that and uh at garve that's it you you know, i remember going to, going through garve but that road um between um garve and where i just said where you come back from applecross in, yeah. in sections it's incredibly fast it's got wonderful sight lines it's very very straight you know if you need to get past things you do um and you do need to get past things and, and you can on that particular road i find that it was quite anticlimactic in terms of the views and everything from what we'd just seen and done and it was just let's get back to inverness stay there and then we can make the, the trip back down but uh you know that that was what it was. Speaking about overtaking, <laughs> something I want to talk about a little bit. If you have people behind you and you're there enjoying the views and you're 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 kind of dondering along, let let folk go by you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's quite important. If, if people want to enjoy it at a different pace and yep. and stuff like that, or if you even feel they're being dangerous and the tailgate, let them go be dangerous elsewhere. Pull over, let yeah, people let them pass. get out your way. Yep. Yeah, and I done it quite a lot, and, and people were really appreciative of it. Yeah. Yep. However, you do need to pass and overtake things on certain sections, so make sure you know what your vehicle's capable of for doing things yeah. like. Of course, because there will be locals up there as well. Yes, and they the absolutely fly about. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that. If you're driving along at sixty, well, you're yeah. a <laughs> you know, Nick would love this. Nick would absolutely love it up there because now the locals do fly along, you know, and and stuff like that. So mm. no, let let people buy. Be very safe if you do have to overtake. Um, is, is some things that I I will will say. Yeah, know what your vehicle can do. So mm-hmm. overall, um, I, I loved it from a cultural and a views point of view. Yeah, driving in roads and stuff like that. I'm more of a urban dual carriageway yeah. you know kind of kind of guy when i come to things like my urban roads and stuff mm-hmm. like that so there's not a lot of that for me to see but Karlsky bridge and the the, the bridges at cromarty yeah. and, and Dornock and keswick were the highlights yeah. of the road stuff for me so when i when i did it i did a bit that i don't think is part of the official north coast 500 and that's the section between the cow of Loch Alsh mm-hmm. and and on the road up towards all the 835 so that's heading up right. towards gaylock and the like so, and i went via strome ferry and there's a wonderful bypass road up there, the, the Strome Ferry Bypass, that was built in 1978. And there's a, it basically runs parallel to the railway line, uh, very closely there. Um, and there's this section, there's an avalanche shelter on that section of the road, where there's, you know, it's an unstable you know, rock face. Is that the one above. with the railway line next to what you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, so the railway and the road go through, and it's a single track road, and it runs alongside <laughs> the lock. And until, until that road was built, you had to use a ferry for vehicles to go across. And that was a really, really enjoyable section of road as well. 
Uh, so I, I would recommend that. So you cut off the E87 and come over. I come over the Sky Bridge. So that's quite good. Cool. If somebody was linking Sky with the North Coast 500, that's yeah. a cool idea yeah, actually. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. they could incorporate that road as well. I can't. I can't remember if I have driven on. I've only been to Sky once. Yeah. And that was when they still had a ferry. Yeah, yeah. So I came out of Portree, done 87 across the bridge, Kyle Kalsh for a break, and then it's the 8890, I believe, is the road. Uh, right. You go up and you go right up and over. Fantastic views, stunning views. So mm. that is, as you say, if someone wanted to do Sky and then even a section in the North Coast 500, because personally I would all recommend the western end of it. Yeah, you know, I, I think it'd be, it's quite a good idea, uh, I think, for somebody could do that. They could go all the way up to Wallapool mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. back down again yeah. to Inverness or something like that. If they didn't want to go all the way yeah. round the top. I mean, I would recommend know. getting to Smooth Cave and then turning back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you try and do it as a circuit, to be honest with you. North Coast know. 250 out and then 250 yeah. back. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to drive the same section of road <laughs> twice. There are some roads you can take that go right in the middle of the mainland back. Oh, aye, yeah, there are, are options. They are, um, you know, very, very long and very, very yeah. remote. I don't think I've driven on them. Mm-hmm. I went to a particularly remote, um, uh, I forget the name of it now, section. It wasn't far from Tain. Mm-hmm. And I went actually inland there to go and see Croik Church. Right. Uh, the weather was absolutely appalling, as was as was it as was the theme of my North Coast 500. But no, it is very remote out there, no signal. That reminds me about mobile phones and navigation. Mm-hmm. So yes, while you do get 4G along the kind of the, the A9 corridor, heading all the way up to kind of Wick and, and John O'Groats and stuff like that, this, this starts to disappear as you go west of Thurso. And between Thurso and Ullapool, you're not getting data. Uh, or, well, you, you might do um, in some sections, but my girlfriend who who's on 3, the mobile mm-hmm. network 3, God bless her, um, <laughs> she... She couldn't get anything. I had smidges of 3G and sometimes Edge yeah. and stuff like that. What network are you? I'm Vodafone. Right, and you would have hoped that they would probably have had good, pretty good coverage. Uh, right? Vodafone or EE are probably your, yeah. your good options for these these sorts of things. So what I had done is I kind of pre-programmed the sat, the sat-nav. I, I use Google Maps uh, with, with certain stops. For anybody adding, you know, because if you put North Coast 500 into Google Maps on the, the app, it's not going to take you along. No. The route, it'll go, oh, you want to go to Wallapool? Well, here you go via Timbuktu. Mm. It's not going to take... So I had to manually build the route yeah. to go in um, and, and try and... Pre- although I didn't preload the maps as much as possible. Yeah. But be careful if you're using Google Maps on the fly because it won't be able to load all the stuff in your route. Yeah. Make sure you do all this plotting, planning, add them as stops as you go around. So that's a tip. The other thing is an atlas. Use a road atlas. Uh, it's, you're not driving in any urban environments, really, that you can do this really without sat-nav. Yeah. It is well signed for the North Coast 500. There are signs around the entire route. So as long as you pay attention, you read road signs, you know how to read a map, you don't even need sat-nav. I used Ordnance Survey Land Ranger when I did it. Ah, because right, of the detail. Okay. It was it was pretty good detail. Yeah. I just use the, the AA road atlas. There's nice nice big print one. But are you still using those AA road atlases? Uh, oh, I, told, I thought we <laughs> got you to shift over to A to Z. A to Z's good for urban stuff, I think. But no, I like the AA. Yeah. Like just to confirm, by the way, the A99 is a trunk road all okay. the way to Wick and it is in the northwest unit maintained by Bear. So there we go. There we go. No, the white <laughs> the white signs had put me off because I was looking at it going. Yeah. Well, I, I don't work for Bear, so I'm not expected to know these things, yeah, yeah. but I do apologise if I made any derogatory remarks <laughs> about the A99 anyway. It's a wonderful road. In fairness, I, I, I think I, I did see Bear a few times. They were mm-hmm. they were doing some surfacing. I've seen their inspectors as well. Yeah. The, the other thing um, I noticed in fairness, which was very good along all of it, very little litter 
yeah people a bit more respectful up there I would yeah hope. i yeah. i thought that was that was quite nice to see. So only in the central belt, people act like pigs and just chuck things out the window and expect others to <laughs> not, pick it up. Not all of the people are like that, but yes, some people just yeah. chuck things out the window mm-hmm. and it's really disappointing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I loved, I honestly loved this trip, the North Coast yeah. 500. So just a question then for you. Loved After it. Olipool, did you use the 8835 back to Inverness? No. No. Um, I had to go down to Applecross. So oh, I you can, went to, you came south Because I came Cross. south to Applecross right. and went there. But, we, but you... Yeah, we half did because, like I said, after we were done that, we cut back diagonally yeah. in a kind of like a northeast direction, and you do meet the A835 above, yeah, and go through very twisty road that is yeah. all the way back through, um, and then we, we went down through like Mill of Ward and Bewley yeah. and all yeah. those things, and so. then back across Keswick Bridge. Did you? No, no. Um, through when you go through Mill of Ward and, and Bewley, you actually hug the coast just south of um, the, the Bewley Firth, yeah, and, that, mm-hmm. then, and you and get into Inverness that way from the yeah. from the west. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was deep in Duncan McKnight territory, but I didn't get yeah. to see Duncan. Duncan was was um, working sadly, but Duncan has never been to Carskew because it's so far away. So disappointing. I've, I've got that over him. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with yeah. you, but he, if he if he wants to work with us and things, he only needs to make more effort. You know. Um, no, yeah. That's okay. Good. So you enjoyed it. That's the main thing. I really, really did. Would I do it again? Yes, mm-hmm. I would. Um, maybe what I change is the weather. Yeah, so I'd arrange for some better weather, and yeah. I'd maybe get it in a slightly better vehicle. Mm-hmm. Do you know, as you said, like a little two-seater road, so oh, yeah. it would be fantastic, fantastic to do it in. Um, as for caravanning and things, you might have to do a slightly different route yeah. because certain some of those roads, particularly Applecross, are not yeah. suitable for caravans. Well, I did it with a tent. Oh, did you? Yes, it was oh, campsite right, okay. for me all the way around, and, and it was half half you dry, poor half midge bitten thing. It was pretty bad. It was July when I did it, and uh, on the damp days in particular, the midges were horrific. Yeah, um, but I would do it again, and uh, I think it's time I did do it again because it's been so many years. The only thing that puts me off, is, as you said, is the popularity of it in the summer now. Mm. I think that could be quite frustrating. So I might consider doing it off season, either spring do, or autumn. Yeah, I would do. Some people luck out. See, uh, my my boss, um, he done it a couple of years ago at the same time, mm-hmm. um, early October, and he had heavenly weather because yeah. of course he had heavenly weather. My boss, it's, it's just your luck, you know. You know, and then. Yeah. <laughs> We ended up getting this horrible weather. Yeah. No, avoid midges, avoid tourists, and you'll be yeah. good. Yeah. All so, right. Okay. Brilliant. I, it's good to hear about that. Yeah, thank you something... it, It's a different sort of podcast. It says yeah. what a tourist board. I don't think I've mm-hmm. spoken much about. I haven't mentioned anything about semi-directional interchanges. or. I don't think there will be many of them. No, there. there's not. So I, I feel a bit off-brand here. But no, I, I hope you've all enjoyed hearing me rabbit on about yep. it. If there's any questions about North Coast 500, please let me know. Okay. So. Well, on that note, I'm going to give a, <clears throat> a brief website update because we have been making some changes recently. So we're now okay. in a position where, or you know, we have articles, routes, and, and galleries they're the three main sections of our website mm-hmm. so the articles are the bits where we really take a deep dive into specific subjects like the Renfrew Bypass or the Kincardine Bridge or that sort of thing the roots basically are our, like our Wikipedia section yeah where we give the factual information on the various routes yeah it's like Wikipedia but, but, but better yeah exactly absolutely you can believe it's better <laughs> um, so we have now rewritten nearly all of the motorway pages the M80 still to be done so if you're looking for M8 M74 M890 M73 M77 all completely rewritten full with you know new facts figures details information and crucially those downloadable route information histories mm-hmm. where we have researched the subject to absolute death and you will get the most 
minute detail yeah. in, in those downloads. So have a look at that. We're also putting up some of the, the opening brochures and things on some of them as well. We've recently added pages for the A-Roads of the A814 um, and also the A726. Yeah, uh, they're there. And some of the gallery pages are in the process of being updated. There will be some new pages coming. So the M80 will be rewritten very shortly. We then have a page in preparation for the M90 mm-hmm. and for the M9. Uh, A720 we really um, are branching and, out and the M876 so yeah. there's a few other wiki type pages coming for these routes as well okay. um, that we're working on with with uh, Duncan and yourself and, and, and others so they're all coming along uh, calendar mm-hmm. um, by the time this podcast goes out the calendar will be more or less ready mm-hmm. for sale if not already uh, same price as last year 9.99 12 stunning images mm-hmm. uh, from across Glasgow some really, we had to make really some last-minute changes because if it was up to me, it was going to be 12 images of Erskine Bridge. Yeah, I know. And you've managed to I, cut that down yeah. to only 10 images of Erskine Bridge. It was Bridge. almost an Erskine Bridge calendar 2022. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, we've managed to find 12 very, very, very good images of uh, of Scotland, uh, Glasgow, and include them in there. So don't worry, there's plenty of Glasgow ones, people. Yeah, oh, yeah, worry. I mean, it's uh, it's mostly all Glasgow, of course. Um, yeah. So, but, but a variety of routes, crucially. Yes. Some really good Clydeside Expressway. Oh, yes, I know. I've seen them. I've seen mm-hmm. the last edit. Yep, so people will enjoy that. So, yeah, you know that your purchases <laughs> of those calendars really support us, help us going. They do. Every image, bar one, in the calendar next year has been scanned as a result of people buying things in the past that has enabled us to buy the equipment and the yeah. software to let us scan the material that the images were part of. Absolutely. Or, or you know, in, in terms of some of the, the supply chain we've mm. used ourselves to get yeah. things scanned in yeah. that we just couldn't scan. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly com- some negatives and large yeah. maps and things yeah. like that. Exactly. So it's cool. It's exactly. So, yeah, I hope uh, a few people will pick up one of those. We appreciate your support on that. And likewise, the booklets are still available. We've got Kingston Bridge, Erskine Bridge. Still a few Erskine badges left. Not many. Mm-hmm. A few. Uh, and there's one or two other bits and bobs. What a great up present well. or stocking villa that could be. I know. So well, listen, listen, I mean, if yeah. if if you're if you're like us, you're going to be doing your Christmas shopping just on Christmas Eve. Pick something like this. Well, up. Plenty <laughs> of people out there like having obscure pin badges on their bag yeah. or something like that. You know, like Nick, for example, he loves wearing his obscure badges on his on his uniform and stuff. So okay. you know, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> Nick's boss will be listening. To this what? <laughs> Yeah, sorry next time he's at parade he'll be in trouble yeah so no, no by, by all means okay uh, last thing from me so next month yep. is of course the christmas special imagine saying that i mean we're sitting here still very mild outside um <laughs> still very mild, a bit damp but yeah i know yeah so I, i'm on from the, the christmas special it time and nick is actually joining us for that again it's good um, to get it's, it's, it's the old band back become together. tradition now mm-hmm. um so he'll be here and he'll be here in the flesh unlike last year where he was uh remotely That's joining us via some software that caused us all sorts of grief but he'll actually be here with us for that great and of course thanks to our usual supporters as well East for Excavations and HBS Scotland yes as well. thank you very much Woods and Upwards as always check us out on Facebook Instagram and Twitter for all the stuff we, we are sharing the news and things that come up and, and especially at the moment because I'm on it we've been doing it for the last yeah, week on the yeah. one head so there's some there's again some new images that are on there so check us out on all the usual channels uh, the podcast itself you can find this everywhere it's yep. normally found you listen to it on Spotify you listen to it on Apple Music Podbean Google um, yeah you can yeah. just you can just Google it and you just Google. anywhere it comes up now So because it's pretty much on every platform it's on Amazon now as mm-hmm. well I think um, so yeah you get it on there remember to leave us a review um, good way to spread the word yep. uh, you know tell your friends 
tell your colleagues that you listen to us tell us we're not all mad and it's actually quite enjoyable to listen to especially this podcast this was this was quite a normal one isn't it <laughs> this is like North Coast 500 you know mm-hmm. so yeah uh, and we'll be back as I say next month with the Christmas special so yes. thank you for, again for listening and we'll see you then thank you very much bye bye <laughs>